and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, I'm going to be struggling through this episode. You're going to have to uh, carry no. my weight today. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Well, that's what I did all last week, too, so. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and we'll, we're definitely going to be talking about it throughout the week. Obviously, listeners to the podcast know that my voice is much more uh, or less less crackly on uh, days I'm feeling better. Yeah. But I don't feel that bad. I just, my voice is shot. And we'll explain why here throughout the episode. Oh, yeah. <coughs> so, the reason being is because this episode, we are going to be talking about Gamma 2022, which is, the I think, the fifth time I've attended. This is your first time yep. that you've attended. Yeah, no, I... Uh, oh, and it was fun. This is... Gamma is not a convention that most people think it is. Right. It's more for stores and um, retailers right. to retailers to make connections with game product people, such as Asmodee mm-hmm. or Game Right or stuff like that. Right. So they can see what's the new hotness or what's coming out, what's going on. Um, and it was it was quite intriguing. I I wanted to give a shout out to the local store here, Zia Comics uh, and Gaming, yep. allowing me to jump on because you you went for work right. for them as well, and then he he let me go with you guys and got a talk with a lot of cool people. That's right. Uh, show off the podcast. Um, uh-huh. The back of my shirt actually says the podcast name on it, and we wore these around on a, a day, and so everybody was like, "That's just wrong." <laughs> Right, exactly. And of course, I had a Daniel too. I don't have it with me today. Yeah. Um, he forgot the memo. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I didn't know there was a memo. We talked about it in Gamma. That doesn't mean I remember. My head's still a bit of a fog, unfortunately. <laughs> um, because you, and you mentioned it quickly, um, you know, in passing, we went to represent our store, you yeah. know, uh, the local retailer. And so, once again, thanks to Zia Comics for, for letting us do that, of course, as always. Also, check and, them out on YouTube and Facebook. They do yep. live from now and then. Uh, again, he also has uh, Talk Nerdy to Me. That's right. That's right. They have a great a great nerdy-based yeah. nerd culture, geek culture podcast and show. And so, we went from there for one. Secondly, we went to promote the podcast. Yep. <coughs> and thirdly, I went to promote some of the games that I'm going to be and you uh, had a lot of soon. interest, so... Yeah, we had some interest. So I was there talking my lungs off every single day. And, and mind you, we'll get more uh, into it. And again, t- and this is also story. in Reno, Reno, Nevada, Reno, Las Nevada. Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. So, you know, the cigarette capital of the world, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't realize how much it was going to affect me until it had affected me and it was already long past that point and the fact that you never let your voice rest uh, no. didn't help matters and so this is the best he sounded since probably monday of last week probably no it's got to be at least sunday no no you sounded okay on sunday you were just a little coffee it was monday where you started true. getting really raspy that's true yeah it I'm surprised I was able to keep a voice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been tough because of how much I've had to talk. Yeah, and, and he uh, talked a lot because again, we weren't. He wasn't just doing that. He had to right. showcase his boss what what was going on, what's good, right. what we should bring to the store. He had, we had to talk up the podcast. Mind, mind you, I did most of the work there, but he also had to try to pitch his games and sell them too. Mm-hmm. So, and on top of that, you can imagine, you know, a couple thousand people. Being in yeah. in a hall which is not made like the sound wise, it was so oh, so, so loud. loud. Especially talking like talking through medical like medical grade masks yeah. 
on top of that, with already having a throat issues, I there was I'm surprised half as many people kept their voices. There's yeah, a well, lot of cough drops being passed amongst <laughs> that the is patrons. true. And then also um the with the game nights every game night i think after the first two we were, didn't really go to them because they were just so loud we you couldn't, couldn't hear yeah. the game being explained half the time and so yeah is but there were some really good games and stuff That's out right. there which we'll talk about here in a little bit but i do have to ask what have you been playing so i have been playing a few games uh we only got a few games in of course mm-hmm. last week but the prior week i did get a few games in um, I have been playing Kids Chronicles Quest for the Moonstone with my son, and um, that is an AR-based game. It's based off of the Chronicles of Crime series from Lucky Duck Games, a mm-hmm. uh, lot of QR scanning, and I knew my son wouldn't have a problem with it because he, you know, he practically lives with a device <laughs> in front of him. Most um, kids these days. <laughs> right. The only thing that he struggled with was understanding how to give turns because... <laughs> I would say, all right, well, once we look at a location, pass the phone, we'll take turns reading it, you know, have fun like that. And he'll be like, all right, well, how about we do this? Let's scan this. Let's scan this. And then so after a while, it became him playing the game and me sitting there just getting the cards that he described, which is fine. He's enjoying it. And then he got his sister to play it most recently as well. Okay. And and again, I as long as I reminded him that, there was fine. They absolutely adored the game. And they're still asking to play more. That's cool. Absolutely. So, Lucky Duck, you made a great product. Wholeheartedly endorse it as a father. So, there was a, <coughs> there was a few games that we played before we came on this trip. Mm-hmm. There was also a few games that we played on this trip. Um, since you mentioned that one, I'm going to mention one of the games that we played at Meepleville in Las Vegas. Okay. Um, I thought it was a good game, except for one issue, and you know I which know one which I'm going to talk about. Yep, I know. And which this one game you're is about. Aqualand. It's a great two-player strategy mm-hmm. game, but it, it and this is the big thing we always knock games on: it's not colorblind friendly at not all. And the fact that I could see them better than you could yes. is saying something, because you tend to have the better one for when it comes to the red green. It tends to be a little easier for me. Yeah, yeah but when it goes to the blue purples, you struggle. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this one's the blue, this is the purple. And honestly, they both look blue to me. I was just like, this one's darker, this one's lighter. And you couldn't even pick up the the shading. No. And so, though, it was a, it's a good game. I think it's got a lot of stra- uh, strategy to it. You're basically, um, uh, one person's either all animals and another person's all colors. Mm-hmm. And Which I was the color. You person. were the colors, and I was the animals. But shouldn't and have you been. basically are just scoring what your best for a row of each type is. So for you, it was the color. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like the red, the green. You're scoring each point for that, but they have to be more than two of something. So basically, to make a school because it's all sea creatures. For me, I was trying to score like the seahorses and the turtles and stuff like that, and. The thing is, you would move one piece and then put a piece on the board. So you're trying to screw over the person you're doing, but also trying to make sure you trap your piece in place. This way it doesn't get moved. This way they can score properly. And there was points where I would actually set you up for a good move. This way I can put a good move there because I know you are not going to move that piece now. <laughs> so And then you're moving my piece and then trapping things. This way you can get colored and they can't be moved because they can only move as far as either the edge of the board or... Or another piece is in the way. That's right. And so it was. it's very strategic how you're doing that. If they made a new version of this with better colors or mm-hmm. at least... Um, a little more so obvious. Like, like, well, like, yeah. 
my big gripe it's it's like Quirkle. Yeah. Quirkle has issues because the colors are a lot alike, but they also do shapes, kind of like what Aqualine is doing. If you gave us a shape to a specific color or something like that, so like well, that wouldn't work with Quirkle or Aqualine. But I'm saying like with Aqualine, you can because they have like fractal um, points yeah. for those art. If you gave me a seahorse sea with a spiral on the yellows and then like a square and stuff like that, just give me a little insignia. This way I know, okay, squares represent yellow, spirals represent red, something represents green. I would be able to play this a lot more. For the fact that I really enjoyed this game, I really had fun with it, I am never going to pick it up because I can't play it properly. And see, I love the Cosmos 2 player line, and mm-hmm. I've been, and I was very excited to play this. And strategically, it's it's a solid game. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's a great strategy. Couldn't, I struggled so bad with it. I would have to, if I bought this, you I would, would have, have to, to make market. my own copy, or I'd have to make new pieces. Cause yeah. Even marking it wouldn't do it. It would be too much of a struggle. I'd have to redo the my You'd have copy. to get someone who so wasn't. At that point, why don't I just make so, my own copy? Sorry. If you want to know how bad we are with our colorblindness, there's another game that we played, and maybe I'll mention it, maybe I'll not. Uh, if not, I'll I'll talk about it just slightly. Sure. But go to TikTok and follow the game head geek. He has a video over there talking about how he's the seeing eye dog for his colorblind friends because yes. we were playing a specific game. Yeah. And I won't Check be talking about it. Huh? I won't be talking about okay. it. Okay. So. But so Hammer you, uh, yeah, Hammer Time, um, I'll mention a little briefly because I'm not going to talk about it either. But it's a nice little family game where you're trying to knock gems off uh, a shelf. But yeah, go check out that video and see how bad it is for us. <laughs> yeah. So the next, yeah, it was really, it was, Hammer Time wasn't nearly as bad for me. It was, it was bad for, for me, yeah. But Aqualine was much worse for me, which is a shame because I was so excited for Aqualine. The next game I've been playing, um, there is a there's a company called Professor Puzzles that have been making these really small uh, escape room games, and some of them are at Walgreens now for like five bucks. They're not expensive. Okay. Um, one was like Mystery of the Museum or Escape from the Museum, and the other one is uh, Casino of Chaos, which is a little more expensive. And looking into them, it's a one plus player game. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just give them a try, you know, just mm-hmm. because one plus, let's see how good I do. Uh, Casino of Chaos specifically, if you're playing with multiple players, you all still, you all still have to play it separately. Technically, there's four envelopes, and you give an envelope to each person, and you each have a chance to escape from the museum. Okay. Which at the end, you'll just all take a guess and see if you're right. So it's not working together per se. Yeah. So it's really just a one-player puzzle game. But with that being said, though, all of the puzzles that are in it, they're pretty darn good. They don't time you. Like most escape rooms, it's not if you can escape within a certain amount of time. Because then sometimes people get frustrated after the hour hits. Like, oh, I was just stuck on this one puzzle. I didn't want to hint. Well, I guess I lost, technically, even though I'm almost done. Yeah. And people would just solve the puzzles anyway. But then have that dread about it. I like how they approach it. It's a good solo player experience, and I did enjoy it, and it is replayable. In fact, Casino of Chaos, I think that was the one, they have like these this little tracing paper thing in it, which doesn't, it's no spoilers or anything, but it has these pieces that are tracing paper, so that way you don't have to mark the cards that are on it. Okay. You can just kind of trace over them. Whereas the Mystery at the Museum, the one that's on Walgreens, you do have to mark that one. But okay. it's, it's so inexpensive, it's worth it. Um, I had a really fun time with them, and I do encourage them. So, any of the Professor Puzzle escape rooms, the two I played specifically. 
Okay. So I mentioned uh, Hammer Time um, briefly about how I struggle with colors and Aqualine, how you struggle with colors. But we played another game at the same time we played yes. uh, Hammer Time. And I'm going to mention this one. Uh, we also played Ascension. But uh, that, by the way, that copy, the, the 10th Anniversary Edition, amazing. Very good. Yeah, it's really good looking. I forgot how much I enjoyed Ascension until we played it. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good game. Uh, it's it's probably still one of my, if not my favorite deck builder out there, because it's, sure. it's so simple. But the one I'm going to talk about is a reprint of a game that's been reprinted at least one other time, but by a different company. This is by BoardGameTables.com, and this is Factory Funner. Yes, Factory um, Funner. Uh, yeah, and that's what it says. It was a good game. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. It's got a lot of strategic value but the the spatial issue where like okay i gotta do this to connect this to get this it takes a lot it is thinky it's heady it's one of those games i'm glad someone else in our game group owns this way i don't have to buy it i enjoyed it i had a great time playing it but in all honesty it's not something i need to pick up because it's you play in eight rounds something like that right i think six rounds but i might be wrong yeah something like that where you're trying to make your factory bigger and bigger and score more points but you also deduct points for all the pieces that you ended up using to connect all this together so i'll i could score 32 points but i got like eight pipes and things that block drainage that can give me a negative eight points out of that so now i'm I'm only scoring like uh 22 points or no 24 points something like that yeah and you have to be smart about it. You could forego putting something out there. This way, you don't have to do it. But then you're only you're basically stagnating and not getting the points that you need to be getting. So if I'm getting 24 points for three rounds, and our friend Gamehead Geek, who owns this game, is getting 32 and then uh, 42 and stuff like that, and keeps increasing his score, then I'm not going to be able to keep up. So it's just you have to make strategic choices. I'm not going to take stuff over here, so I'm just going to ditch this. I'll take the, what is it, minus two points for not doing that. And so I'll I'll still score some points. Yeah, and so it's it's a great game. It's really heady. Don't go thinking you're going to go into this and have uh, or it being funner because you're going to have to think really, really hard. And when all three of us were done playing it, we're like, oh, man. That was a lot more to it than I yeah. thought was. And see, I was the only one with a previous experience with the games because yeah. I used to own Factory Fun, yeah, which is, I think, just basically the square version instead of hexagonals. And it was fun, but I don't own my copy, and I remembered why. I yeah. Don't, because I thought I would be the only one ever playing it. Yeah. No, it was a good game. Uh, I don't see us playing it all too often, but if he busted out and would be like, hey, let's yeah. play this again, I'd, I'd have no problem doing it. Yeah. yeah. I'd just have to be in the mood because sometimes I don't want to think that much in a game. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a fun little tough spatial puzzle. Yeah. And it feels like it has a kind of a snowball thing, too. It's like if you dig yourself a hole with the way you place a few of them, then it gets it gets really tough. Yeah, it really does. Well, that was interesting. We're only no. going to talk about two games because we're also doing a. This is a board game breakdown. We no, normally don't talk about games on here, but it's been a while. Yeah. So we had to talk about it a bit. That's but right. now, let's get into the big thing we're here to talk about. That's right. Let's break down Gamma, Gamma. 2022. And so let's talk about the whole experience because this is. This was worth it. Right, and you it's and a I, first for me, too. Yeah, first time for you. I have done this in the same style multiple times. Um, yeah, We drove. That's, <laughs> that's the first That's decision, the first thing. Oh, which man. Which was interesting in itself because 
It's from our location. It's a 17-hour drive. We broke um, it up in two days, uh, two and two days back. Right. So the first day we stayed um, just outside of Las Vegas mm-hmm. and, uh, by Henderson, and we'll talk Which about that. Which really messed with him. Yeah, it did. And then the remaining seven hours was was to Reno, uh, which really messed with him because, which I had done that before. Um, a good friend of mine and a coworker of mine has driven that whole thing after work, and which yeah. is just absolutely insane. I don't suggest that for anybody. That just split it up. There was a reason we did it, and it worked out. Yeah, it was um, ten hours to. We stayed outside Vegas, so it was ten hours to that, yep. and then seven hours to Reno. The ten hour drive is the better drive. It is. It is. <laughs> And and also we had the advantage of I have a good friend and my and my brother both live in Tucson. Yeah. So we were able to have lunch with them. Uh, do do we want to tell them what we did at the at the restaurant? So we went to a restaurant and we'll go ahead and name it. It's called Oink Cafe. Oink Cafe. And it was the most ridiculous things we have ever done, but it was worth it. it absolutely we was. ordered regular breakfast. Mm-hmm. You had pancakes. pancakes. Yep. I had a uh, biscuits and gravy, and then three out of the four people at the table ordered a flight of bacon. And yeah. for people who Eight. don't drink, uh, a flight is you have a certain amount of, and usually it's like eight of different flavored beers. Well, this one, the flight was different bacon. flavored yeah. bacon. Everything from sugar coated or sugar cured to. Um, uh jalapeno yeah yep uh, jalapeno there's other flavors too um but yeah so we tried three of us <laughs> each tried three different or eight different slices of bacon i tried all the bacon i never finished my bacon it was too yeah. much bacon and i thought there was never could be too much bacon but well see you don't party with me enough <laughs> you never had too much bacon unless you've hung out with me and my friend jonathan that that's that's really where it's all about so yeah too much uh, bacon is not a thing. I will say Oink Cafe, some of the best biscuit, biscuits and gravy that's that right. I've ever had. And that's saying something because i got family that live in the south. That's so right. they know biscuits <laughs> and gravy back that way. Um, also, the bacon, some of them were really, really good. And some of them were mm, – like, there was one. It was like the chef's choice. It was so sweet. It, yeah. uh, his friend Jonathan that he brought up called it the churro bacon. It really did yeah. taste like a churro with saltiness. Yeah, it was. I that was my least favorite because I don't like sweet. Oh, see, I love sweet. Yeah, um, but then after that, one thing that's worth pointing out too is that you know if you're aware of like current e- current global events and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, there's the whole thing with Russia and Ukraine right now. We're not going to even touch base. Oh on no, that. no, no, no. But one of the one of the side effects of that is gas right now prices. gas prices are oh, going God. way up, and we had already decided to drive that. I have never in my Already life had tickets to, and stuff like that. Yeah, so. we we never once realized how crazy it is to spend seventy five dollars a tank. Yeah, multiple times to and from a trip, and so when we got to the <laughs> location, it's now coming down. Thankfully, but yeah, not during not that whole when week we were in the gone. trip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, because there was. Place, uh, places we had to fill up, and it was like five fifty five a gallon or yeah. something like that. It just yeah. Uh, it and hurt. We had three quarters of a tank, fifteen gallons or something. It, it hurt so bad. Yeah, but that was that was an interesting experience to say the least. But we stopped throughout, you know, Phoenix, <coughs> Kingman, all those yeah. places, and then we finally got to Las Vegas that night. Yeah, um, that was a fun time. Uh, that first night was yeah. great because, and so now we're reviewing other stuff. First off, 
the first thing we want to review. Let's talk about the show that we went to. Oh, man. My first magic show. Your first magic show. This is my third time seeing Penn and Teller live. <laughs> oh, man. And it was great. Yeah. It was so good. So you go uh, ahead. I had a good time. I've never seen a magic show. Um, and then he was like, okay, well, we're going to go see a magic show. So he's naming like David Blaine and Chris Angel. He's like, I'll go uh, see Penn and David Teller. Copperfield. Uh, huh? Copperfield. Yeah. David Blaine doesn't perform that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Show. Sorry. Yeah. Copperfield. One of them. Uh, Chris Angel was another one you uh, uh, talked about. Yep. We did, it was surprising. We didn't even think about Shin uh, Shin Lim. I I purposely did not bring him up because I know my wife would be very upset if we saw uh, him. Okay. Him. And so uh, he's like, well, I'll, I'll see Penn and Teller again. I've seen most of their stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, you know what? We'll go see Penn and Teller because I've I known them from like their TV show. I've known them mm-hmm. from other TV shows. I think they're great. I've seen them also like their acts on TV and stuff like that, sure. that they've done like the, the bullet catch they've done on TV and stuff like that. Oh my God. I can't. And they blend comedy with magic so well. And that's the thing is like, I always told him the one I wanted to see was amazing. Jonathan, right. because he was a really good magician as well as a really good comedian and Penn and teller are like that. And, Oh, it was such a great show. And what's nice about it is you've seen them multiple times. Yes. They do a 10-act uh, set or something, or a 10-act set. You've only seen three of those acts. No, they, they did 10 brand new that they said that they had not done prior to the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lockdowns. So I had only seen three acts throughout the entire show that they have ever done before. And it's kind of some of their more staples, but... There was some real shenanigans in this show, and it was entertaining the entire time. Mm -hmm. I will say Penn is showing his age just a little bit. He's not moving as well. Yeah, but But mind you, they've been doing this in, what, 77 or something like that? Since 1977. Yeah, so I wouldn't be moving that well. 45 years. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but it was was good. It was great. Um, The the one thing I really, really love, they did this sleight of hand trick that they – this way everybody can see it. They had a camera over top down. While they were doing it on stage, mm-hmm. and I still couldn't keep up with what they were doing with the yep. coins. That was yep. amazing. Yeah, the coin trick was really great. Um, I need to contact a, a friend of mine who is also a magician who does a version <laughs> of that coin trick, but we've never seen two people do it at yeah, the same time. Yeah, and it time. was a double person. And, was... Yeah, and one thing that impresses me is that Penn kind of points out sometimes, or used to, that he was never really a magician before. He's just kind of like this the narrator while mm-hmm. teller does the magic yeah the stuff he was doing was legitimately really difficult for most magicians which is weird because the narrator is not usually the one that is right. the the basically the stagehand and since the right whereas, not the yeah they're the much. they're the magic person and so yeah. the fact that he's normally that and but he was doing some amazing stuff too yes he was yeah, and, and it's funny did. I don't want to talk about too much about their stuff because mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil for people. But they even poke fun at their age. Yes. Yes, they do. One of their bits was just absolutely <laughs> making fun of the fact that they've been doing it for so long. Uh, and not just the the one you're thinking about. The beginning of it was... Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, that was a great one. I thought you were talking about the card one. Nope. <laughs> nope, okay. I'm a, I've been talking about that that, <laughs> that um, opening act, amazing, amazing escape. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, hilarious. We can only do so much, but yeah, it was good to be back in Vegas for I don't know. This is probably my sixth or seventh time in Vegas. That's uh, my and fourth. Fourth, yeah. So we had been there a while. So then now we drove back to this, and now so this was our spring break too, mm-hmm. and it was the beginning of of Nevada's spring break. 
no, actually, it's not our spring break. That's why. No, no, our spring break is right now. Yeah. And so we had to go during prime hotel season. So I was like, we're just going to sleep there. Yeah. We don't need anything fancy, right? So I found a place that didn't look too bad. I don't know if we want to name the place. Sure. Yeah. Casino Pass. Yeah. Uh, Or no, Railroad Pass. Railroad Pass, yeah. Railroad Pass. It's a travel center and all those things. Yeah. But it's right in right in between Boulder City and Henderson. And, and like about overall, 15 minutes out of Vegas. Yeah. Overall, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it, it was, uh, no, but it, there was clouds and clouds of smoke. smoke. It was, it stunk. We were supposed to be in a non-smoking room and our room smelled like cigarette smoke. Yep. The mattress was, it, it felt Motel 6 quality. It was stiff yeah. as can be. And, it was rough. And their pillows were like bricks. Yeah. Honestly, it, it was fine for what it was for the night. Right. But it was cheaper than anything that, else we could find. Yeah. that And that that wasn't that cheap. It was like a it like was 100 and something. Yeah. Give or a take. night. Yeah. And so it was, it's saying something. The food wasn't bad there. It wasn't great, yeah, it wasn't but. Great. Yeah. But the reason, the main reason we bring this up is because this was the trigger to my week-long battle with my throat. Yes. And and I think that combination of just having does, so much smoke hit me all at once. What was smoke. funny about it is we were – because we had already booked to stay in that one again on the way back. And yes. we were seriously contemplating just driving as far as we could and sleep somewhere else. Anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. We very much considered that. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Or even spending like $300 a night or two to $300 right, a night in Vegas. Yeah, it might have been worth it. And I think in the future terms, we're just going to plan for that. Yeah, just but, man, budget that, for it. That was tough. Because yeah, it was. the following day, we went on our seven-hour drive, <laughs> which you had not experienced before. I had experienced once before. Well, technically twice. You, you made trip. it out worse than it is. It, the only issue I had with it was my back. After 10 hours in the car, my back was starting to bother me for sure. the next leg of the trip. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about when we got to Reno, how I was a grumpy butt. You were. <laughs> but, I mean, seven hours, and it's just really the bleakest. Yeah, it, there's nothing out so there. so boring. Yeah, it's... And we drive through middle of Texas all the time. The time yeah. You know, like we're used to bleak and boring. But, but this is like, how that. did you describe it? Up the mountains, down a valley. Up, up the, the hill, down a hill, across a valley. <laughs> yeah. Up the hill, down a hill, across a valley. Do that for seven hours. And the thing is, is like later on when you get to Reno itself, like closer to Reno, it, it starts opening up. There's like a yeah. lake there that is super gorgeous. Yeah, very pretty. Um, And then you drive Tanopa. around the curve. Yeah, Tonopa. Oh, man. Tonopa was a nice place. You have random wild donkeys and mountain yeah, sheep. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. We had a it was an interesting drive. We had to make it interesting. We listened to a very big uh podcast ending. Um yep, yep. The the final episode of the Dice Tower, number seven fifty. We listened to that on the way over there. Yeah, and so we also listened to, and this is on the way back, and we'll get more into that. But we also listened to the uh, entire discography of the Beatles, and we had mm-hmm. to do it just for that stretch. I got to listen to my audiobook for an extended period. Yep. Um, and so, and the one I'm reading is the High Republic Star Wars. So I exactly. had a great time listening to it. But 
Yeah, it's a boring drive. It is. It's and then that's also drive. the worst gas prices, too. Yes, that was the most expensive that we filled up in any of those. We also saw the Area 51 Alien Center, and we were like, you know what, let's hit that on the way back uh, yeah. just to give us somewhere to stop. But, yeah, it was that was interesting. We was like, that's kind of yeah. cool that we were trying to find Area 51. Yeah, we're all looking over the mountains. <laughs> like, eh. Is it over there? Is it over there? Yeah, exactly. That was silly. But, yeah, I mean, even, like, the towns towns i say loosely yeah there was like there's like a couple trailers at most yeah the there's like almost looks like ghost towns but there's people living there the one of them had the random donkeys i was talking about there was like three donkeys and we're like wait what they're just loose and they have free a sign that's talk about like donkey crossing and stuff like that so it was so random apparently they do really well out there but yeah and then i didn't know that the lake was nice. Uh, what was cool for me is you didn't realize how much of them I like birds. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. There was like kestrels and falcons, different hawks. Right. Um, we saw some uh, water birds as well, like herons and egrets. So it was really cool for me. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of ravens. Yeah, there was a lot of ravens out there. Um, yeah, I was just more astonished at the fact that I, I know you had said that you used to go bird watching all that stuff. But I, I just never knew how like into it you were and yeah. you really are yeah like, which is like, awesome yeah that, that's totally great like, i would i'd probably be the same way if we stopped and looked for geocaches you yeah know? same idea so then we pulled into reno uh we're we're ready to relax um i had a friend of mine who used to live here in mm-hmm. our local town who moved up there and i thought it'd be a fun little surprise like hey let's just let's go grab dinner and and not realizing like how much you did not want to get back in the car after a seven hour drive, which is understandable. Not not just I, a I seven hour drive, a ten hour drive before that too. Right. right. And so I, I, like, I slept on a rock hard bed with rock hard pillows. But but my excuse was not entirely just an excuse. It, yeah. Like I had a reason because we're gonna be there all week. I don't want to eat at the resort every day. Let's go get something else while we can. Mm-hmm. And we're not abiding to a schedule. We found a place called Archie's in Reno. Yeah, they were decent. Um, uh, we talked about the the food. It, it's good. I I really like the burger. I had the yep. barbecue bacon burger or something like that, and I added cheese to it. My only complaint, and this is not a big complaint, is that I wish they seasoned the hamburger a little better because all your flavor really came from the barbecue sauce, the the onion ring in it, the cheese, yep. as well as the bacon. The it didn't have a lot of seasoning in the patty itself. And I want a good ratio. But yeah. all in all, it was a pretty good place. Yeah, I enjoyed the meal quite a bit. And what did you think about the Peppermill Casino when you first saw it? Because that's where, yeah, where Gamma is hosting. Yeah, The casino itself was fine. It's just you could tell it's older and it was all right. The outside of it was very sketch. <laughs> yeah, the, that's, the main street there, it's a little questionable. But, you know. But the casino itself is really nice. Yeah. Uh, the workers were very friendly there. Absolutely. Uh, never had problem. We ate a lot in the restaurants in there. We mainly sp- stayed with, like, two restaurants because one mm-hmm. of them, you wouldn't even go because it's seafood. And I don't really like cooked no. seafood as well. And so we stayed at two of them. Um, Cafe Milano and Cafe, Biscotti. Uh, Both of them were really, really good. Yeah. Um, uh, they have Their really... prices are, are expensive, but then when you realize how, how much, much you get, food they give you, it, yeah. it makes sense. It's not it's not for nothing. Yeah, and then like, uh... I got a fifteen dollar quesadilla, which immediately <laughs> I already hear people gasping through the podcast. That it was thing a, was massive. It, was it wasn't worth fifteen dollars first, but that's at least a ten dollar quesadilla. Like it was a there was it was gotta be a pound huge. and a half of cheese. Yeah, 
the the tortilla was you know the size of like a okay. Let's just put it this way: it mound. was it was one tortilla that they folded in half with pretty good cheese too. Yeah. It was like cheddar and Havati and stuff like that. Yeah. It was still bigger than a two tortilla quesadilla you can get most places. Yeah. This thing was it massive, was really big. And so they, you never went away. We never had a meal and left hungry. Yeah. Never in fact, once. we had to take stuff back sometimes. And not to mention the fact that with Gamma, because we were on the retail side, they gave us free lunches too. Yeah, right. And even those were really good. So let's start. That first night was obviously much better. Yeah. Let's uh, talk other about, than your like coughing. Other than my coughing, which, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. How about that Monday, that following, the next day? See, the Monday wasn't that big of an issue. Um, we I only did a couple of um, boards, the seminars there. It, yep. uh, Monday, I have to say Monday and Thursday were like the chill days. So Monday is the opening ceremony in right. a sense, and then f- Thursday is the closing ceremony in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so you, we just did a couple panels. I know we did one about like branding and standing out in conventions and a couple other things, but we also mm-hmm. hung out with a another board game designer. Uh, for a little bit as well and honestly it was fine uh you're like hey this is boring these days it was tuesday that got me yeah yeah tuesday was kind of a longer day yeah <coughs> i'm gonna give a shout out uh to a new friend of mine um i talked with him briefly before the convention but i'm glad he was able to join uh john wood yeah um great designer I like a lot of his stuff. We played a few of his prototypes. Uh, I got to give him a shout out. He made Making Manhattan, uh, which is a button shy game. If you haven't played it yet, it's awesome. Go check it out. He has some great ideas for it too, and it just it good humor I, too. I yeah. like the way he thinks. I really yeah. do, which is why you know why this publisher that we're mo- both mutually working with uh, told us about each other, and we had talked before. But I'm I'm very glad that I met him in person. I, I like the guy a lot, and I'm looking forward to working with him. And hopefully future projects too. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll mention who you're talking about a little later, just uh, yeah, in briefing because we hung out with them a lot and they were great guys. Right. And then, but then we got to meet up with a great friend of the podcast. Podcast, yeah, uh, oh, amazing people. Yeah, Justin Dewitt and Anne Marie Dewitt, owners of Fireside Games. Now you had never talked with Anne Marie before. No, and then I Justin was only through are, here. Yeah, and we you talked with Justin. You never met him in real life. I love Justin. I love Anne Marie. They are two of the best, hands down people. People, yeah. Like I, I'll I, tell you I, a I nice story about Anne Marie when we get to the next day. Yeah. It, if you have not, if if you have not, uh, supported any publishers or bought any games just because of the people, anything from Fireside Games, whether you like the game or not, you should buy it to support them. Yeah, they're and I, I mean that because not like they're they made games that I don't like as much as others but i will gladly buy copies of it because they are the they are the kind of people that 100 percent i want to support in every way oh yeah they're they're some of the nicest people i met we talked to them for almost three hours they the other reason we had to stop and you could tell they would would just sit there and talk more is just that they had meetings and so they had to go do this and they had to get like dinner and stuff like that but they had winning uh meetings and so but Man, we sat there and it didn't even feel like the hour because we met them at like two or three, and then they had to leave at like close to six, and so we sat there for two and a half hours just talking. Yeah, 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 and then time just flew by. And then you were showing them some of your games this week because they give great pointers and stuff like that, and so you showed them and 
because how good are people they help set up meetings for you right with right. other which companies is, which is above and beyond like, yeah I, and i wasn't even expecting that but that that was really nice of them to help me out just because of the people they knew yeah um they're not giving invitations you go hound them about it yeah but, yeah 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 you know, because probably yeah, for nothing but yeah you just yeah because they're friends of the podcast they they've known <laughs> you for several years because right. of gamma they were willing to help you out and right. they're even then they were talking to me like i was an old friend and towards the end yeah. of the thing they were giving me hugs and this is the first time i've ever met them right. they were some of the nicest people and i really Absolutely. enjoyed time with them yeah no that that day was really fantastic uh we also got to meet up with uh Kurt covert later in the de- night uh, yeah. at the um smirk and daggers game and he was showing off the spill in mm-hmm. was that be hexed or be hexed be hexed yeah which is currently on kickstarter i think it's still going right now yeah so he was uh talking to us and we had a really good time with him um, we didn't really get to hang out with him as much because he, right. he had a lot going on uh, and yeah. he didn't have really a lot of time but it was nice seeing him and thanking him but Absolutely. that was Monday. It was basically just hanging out with some people, doing yep. a few seminars. And then um, we went to the game night that night. Yeah. Oh, another retailer awards. Our local store no, got yeah, nominated yeah. for a couple of retailer we got, awards. We went to the retailer so awards once again, as well. Congratulations to Zia Comics. Uh, and that was fun too. Uh, interesting. Because they offered uh, food for that too, and both you and me were like glad we went somewhere else to eat. Because <laughs> that food was, it was yeah. Okay. Well, and he had the chicken and waffle <laughs> bites, and he was like. Oh, we ate the fruit and yeah. um, like uh, the cheese and crackers. That's really yeah, all we exactly. did. Yeah, yeah, it was something else. But and then we went to that game night, and then my voice was already cutting out just a little bit. And this one was the quieter of all the game nights. We right. went to every game night, but a couple of them we just walked around. Um, I'll t- we'll talk about like Tuesday's game night when we get to it. But well, let's let's jump ahead. Um, that first night, you know, with much better beds. I do oh, quite like the rooms yeah. and their, the pepper mill. Their pillows were great. They were just super squishy, so I had to keep piling my pillows on top of each other. Right, but they gave us pillows upon pillows <laughs> there upon were pillows. six pillows on my bed. And, and then yeah. there was, like, two Extras pillows in our closet. In yep. Yeah, it was... You're, you're not going to go pillowless. There, <laughs> yeah, right? it was ridiculous. They, I, I'm pretty sure they got a really good deal from their wholesalers because <laughs> that was those a pillows, lot of pillows. That man. was that was something else. They could they could make a cloud factor with how many pillows they were. <laughs> the, the, the entire species en- of birds went there extinct was a, for those pillows. Enough pillows on that bed that you could lay them on the mattress and have a whole new mattress. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Make a pillow top. Right yeah, off the exactly. Bat. Um so day number two, this is one of the big ones as far as the seminar goes. Uh the they have a couple panels for retailers in the day and earlier in the day. But really, the premiere presentations are where it's all yeah. at. And we'll get more into the premiere presentations about like the games that they announced and stuff like that towards the back end of it. Right. Because we don't want to spoil too much because we got our anticipated games list next right. week. Right. So we'll we'll talk about the ones you and I split up for a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, where we where each one there's probably like forty presenters total of different companies. Yeah. Talking and about that. And, they also uh, need to. And I I have one gripe about it. They need to basically say what the present presentation is because yes. you're uh the ones that were thinking okay we're gonna go to the premiere presentation no it's about uh how they could help your store and stuff like that yeah or there was a few that were there was one where panels. it's like oh we've already announced our games at this presentation this one specifically for rpgs and it's like right why don't you put that in the thing yeah exactly and also asmodee had an earlier in the day presentation oh, yeah. that they had a... a lot of people didn't notice because it wasn't and in it, the book look, it was in just the app which by the way i did like the app i thought they did the a good app job was fine it. except for tuesday 
when I couldn't log into it and it took right. forever and it wasn't just me. There was like half the people that couldn't log into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll go into like more of what they talked about, but let's actually break down that Tuesday schedule. Yeah. Because of course we did asthma day, yep. which took up most of the morning. So we only were able to hit. And that. which one was the first one you went to? Um, <clears throat> I went to the op. Yeah. The, the so op was the first one I went to. Tell us a little bit about the op. All right, so the op made a lot of announcements, and I got the notes here for it. Um, they have a lot, a lot of licenses now. Um, some of the highlights that they had, surprisingly, their 2021 bestsellers mm-hmm. were Telestrations. Uh, another 25 words or less or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's based on a, a, uh, a game daytime show. TV game show. Mm-hmm. And then Smash Up Marvel, of course. Anything Marvel is like gold. But they did announce several games here. You know, go ahead and get into it because we're going to talk about Asthma Day probably towards the end because it's there's so much information with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um, So in 2022, they announced they are doing Disney Smash Up. Shocking, but I'm actually intrigued because you know you have like the uh, Elsa uh, hooking up with like the ghost or something like that from the it's all integrated. So the Marvel Smash Up can integrate with the Disney Smash Up as well as the other Smash Up expansions, which I have right down there. Yep. Um, my favorite announcement that they made, and I'm I don't need another Munchkin game, but this is the perfect blending uh, of a theme on Munchkin, and it's South Park. Yeah, and I am probably going to end up buying it. I probably won't play it as much. Oops, sorry. It's just that uh, it's it's a perfect mashup. Uh, it really was. Uh, they have Marvel Marvel dice rounds. Uh, if retail wise, they're going to sell four pack set and two two pack sets. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who didn't get the Kickstarter, you still can get it in retail. Uh, they have a really cool party game announcement that you and me were talking about. It's called Vin. It's about Vin diagrams, and so it's kind of. Um, Mysterium-esque, where you're trying to get your teammate to guess the three words that are in the Venn diagram by playing pictures out onto those. So this word is best related here, and then you can play another one within that two section. It goes here, and then one word that's related here. And so the, the example that they gave us later in the game night was like, okay, this has a child, and this has a shark, and a child and a shark here, and a child and a baby panda over here. So this is probably young, and this is aggressive. And then this side is probably that. And you're playing all that, and you're trying to beat the other team, get the points, as many points as you can. And it was looked interesting. Um, the one game I didn't get to play, because it was hot on that table, and you could never really get into a game of it. Sorcerer's Apprentice? No. Oh, Mountains at a molehill. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that right. one looks so that was a good. Really hot game. And from what I can see, it looks like a simple game. You're basically drafting movement cards. You're playing at the bottom. You're playing the moles, and you're moving them around. And they're digging up uh, mountains out of their molehills, and right. you're trying to score them. So whoever has control of the molehill, and it's not like most people. It's like always at the top. Who's ever on the top? No, this one's at the bottom because you're moles and digging the dirt up. So whoever's at the bottom has controls and you score points for how big it is. But there's also rules about how high they can be or if they topple and they have different things you can do. And it looks very abstracted, but really interesting. And it's so different. But we also noticed, and I haven't mentioned more other games, 
there's a lot of double layer games coming out. There's yeah. this one that we found another one from like Inside Gaming. Yeah, Inside Up game. Yeah. Um, Block and Key, I want to say that's the name of it, but I'm probably wrong. That one looks really neat. Though. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, also, the Avatar, uh, the Rising is getting another thing. Yep. This one, Avatar Fire Nation Rising. Uh, there is a Harry Potter game that's going to be based in Diagon Alley. It's called Mischief in Diagon Alley. It's a card game. I didn't really get too much information about it because they didn't. They weren't showing it there. They just announced it. Yeah. Uh, they have some Hasbro lines. We don't really talk too much about Hasbro, but there's like Kool-Aid Jenga coming out. Which is pretty cool. Uh, several uh, monopolies and clues, so you got something for everyone. Uh, there's three main Yahtzee ones I do want to talk about. You got Naruto, so it's yep. a ramen bowl, because he's always eating ramen. Yep. You have a Hocus Pocus Yahtzee coming out, and it comes in a cauldron. Yeah. But my personal favorite is the D&D Yahtzee, yeah. because they give you a dice tower. <laughs> yes, which is really a great component. Um, also, they just talked about like dice trays and accessories uh, that are coming out. Like the, they have a couple D20s that are coming out, like Kool Aid and Spider Man, as well as uh, premium dice for uh, you're going to get Wakanda Forever, Haunted Mansion, or Dragon Prince for those people familiar with the the show on Netflix. Um, they have some spotits. Uh, if you want to get spotted, they were saying that this is your best chance to do it. Because realistically, with the way shipping prices are and how cheap it is to really print them out, they're not going to be printing them as much. Yeah. So, which makes sense. Uh, the new ones they have is Care Bears, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Rudolph. Um, and honestly, what I liked about it, and even though I've almost beat the game, I have a couple more on the expansions, is they're finally giving you a Harry Potter um, Hogwarts Battle playmat. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks good too. It looks like the board, but oh man, it's just like I only have two more, two or three more scenarios to play. So you're probably not going to get it. I'm thinking about it because I love that game enough that I bought all the sleeves to protect the cards. So right, exactly. I could probably bust it out somewhere down the line. Yeah, cool. But yeah, that's the op. That's what I went and saw. And so the next one <coughs> that we saw after our lunch break was Pandasaurus. Yeah, um, you and I both went to that one. Pandasaurus came out with a lot of announcements of stuff that they were that they already have out, uh, like Trek Twelve. It's like a roll and write. Uh, looks interesting. Like it looks really fun. It's kind of campaign based too, which is really cool. Uh, there was Skull Canyon, which is kind of like this skiing game that yeah. they're really promoting right now. Um, I don't know much about it, but it does look really great. Um, Sobek, the two player version, mm-hmm. and you had a chance to look at it like briefly oh, at the so good uh, looking. Yep, I have played the original Sobek. Um, this one is day. gorgeous though, it looks really fun, and I like the shifting around. Um, and then they announced a game called Nacho Pile, which is from one of the designers of Happy Salmon, which I believe is Ken Gruel, mm-hmm. if I'm if I remember correctly. But basically, you're pulling like these plastic chips and like triangular Dorito style chips. Nacho Pile looks like the classic Doritos bag, yeah, and they're actually manufacturing it to be in a resealable like, <sighs> like, like bag. That, it makes sense, but right, yeah, it's 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 interesting, um, but it does look cool though. It's kind of like a bidding game, um, and then Roller Coaster Rush, which is a remake of I, at least I, from what it looks like, it was like a remake of their older game called mm-hmm, uh, uh, Roller Coaster Park or uh, Coaster Park. Yeah, it's it's it. not a remake, but more of um, we got to fix that boo boo. Yeah, because I used to own Coaster Park, and I really loved the idea. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're bidding on these different tracks, uh, tracks, 
and you build a 3D um, coaster. And they were trying to do it out of cardboard, and you rolled the marble down, and as long as the marble can stay physically on the track, they score you for the points. Whereas in Coaster Park, it was just constantly flawed, just the way it works. So they're doing it with plastic pieces now, which is good. Um, Voxil, um, oh, Foxzilla. Foxzilla. Sorry. Or Fozilla, I think Fozilla. is how it's pronounced. Yeah. It's the expansion for the loop. For the loop. Yeah, I don't know much about the loop. Uh, do you want to talk about that so one? So the loop is a co-op game where you're uh, playing against Dr. Foe, and F-A-U-X. And he's going around time with his clones, I guess you can say, they're the other foes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's trying to, you know, bring chaos to the timeline and, you know, win. So your goal is you're going to go through the different timelines i think it's like six of them or eight of them i think because you got to get four of the eight or four of the six something like that it's been a while i've only played the one game but it's phenomenal you've got some card play but you have like this ability where you can go back in time or cards nearby so you can go in the future stuff like that to borrow at time but this to prevent them you have to complete a certain amount of um, objectives to do it and there's several objectives in the game so it's variable setup and this one is just adding more and they have a, a cube tower that basically is going to determine what's going to happen so if certain cubes go on an objective you lose that objective if you lose three objectives you lose flat out or if yep. you lose that objective twice so if it's already got a temporal agency or something like that in it and another one goes in you lose so it's either three altogether or two of the same. Gotcha. And That's so cool. it, it, it plays really well. It has some fun aspects of it. And you're basically a time agency trying to, to prevent these temporal loops uh, that he's doing. But this is an expansion, um, big box expansion from what it looked like. Yeah, and it did. It just adds more scenarios and some more tougher play, but it looked really good. Very cool. And the other ones, uh, they talked about Skate Summer. Which is a skateboarding uh, themed game. Which I love how they don't stick with normal themes. Yeah. I was a big Tony Hawk's Pro Skater fan. I and, love that game. And I could skateboard and stuff I back couldn't. in the day. Uh, my daughter is currently learning how to skateboard. My, so my maybe... big butt stayed off boards because, uh, yeah, I hurt myself every single time. Well, that's that's a good reason. You and balance are... Yeah, not too well. Well, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, Wild Style, which is like a real-time graffiti graffiti game, which is really intriguing. And then um, finally talked about uh, The Wolves, which they said was an Essen release, and they didn't really say much from there. Other than that it's a spatial puzzle, as well as it has like a really cool action selection um, uh, mechanism, but they didn't go into too much detail. They even had like a... Uh, in place or uh, box cover just for that announcement yep cool all right all right the next one we went to whiz kids which was the one we were talking about where i i literally like nope i'm out yeah so that was a problem we we both showed up and then they said hey just so everybody knows this is not about the board game side of it this is specifically about the miniatures which i did stick around they're they're for those of you guys who do miniatures, and especially with WizKids, they're selling more introductory pieces, mm-hmm. which are kind of like, I, I forget the term of them, but they're all printed up, printed on a single sheet of plastic. Yeah. And you you know take an X-Acto knife to them. I've seen these before, and I've handled them. They are pretty good quality, mm-hmm. and they seem like a really decent price point for it, instead of like the normal miniatures that you're used to with um, 
I was smart in left because I had to get us a seat for the next one. Right. Which unfortunately, yeah, there was a lot of people who, who after they had sat down, they're like, oh, wow, this is because it was a packed room. It was. And as Wits kids, they have really good stuff. Right. Right. The, The quality on their stuff is great, but unfortunately it wasn't about the board games. So that's, you know, everything that they have as far as their normal mm-hmm. lines, they're releasing more of it. That if you know, if you're already familiar with their it lines, you know what you're looking for. Miniatures too. It was they were talking about their RPGs as well. Yeah, RPGs and whatnot. Yeah, which is good that they're branching into that as well. Yeah, yeah. But once again, if you already are familiar with those lines, you're going to know that that's more of the more of what they're doing. So, fortunately, we didn't pay much attention to that. However, our next one. We paid a lot of attention to. We paid to. a lot of attention um, to. I went to the op with your boss from Zia Comics. Right. As, and all three of us were in this one because yes. this was a big one. This is Funkoverse. Yeah, a Funko. Funko, Funko Games. Yeah. Funko Games. And now it didn't look like they announced a lot of stuff, but they, right. they did uh, stuff that was already announced. So... Um, I think uh, Battle World Volume Three. I think it was for WizKids, but yeah, uh, they did announce in Funkoverse the Peter Pan and Universal Monsters, which was already announced. You've talked about them. I don't know if in the podcast, but no, we did because you were talking about like. So mm-hmm. you're gonna finally play it with me? They yeah. looked really good. We got to see them. Yes, they, they look fantastic. looked fantastic. Really good. All black and white carton mm-hmm. looks really good. Um, the pieces. Do you have? Now they're they're introducing chase chase pops, boxes, and which are just kind of like specialized, like one in four boxes. If you if a store orders or a case, crate, then yeah. one of them for um, sure is yeah. going to be one. And then so the uh, like for the Universal Monster w- movie is the Invisible Man is like clear. It'll like, actually be a transparent. Piece. Yeah. Yes. And so also they announced Peter Pan. Uh, they announced the. Expansion for Goonies that everybody knew what was coming yep. in. Uh, what is it? Goonies Never Say Die. I forget what the expansion's called, but it's introducing the uh, teenagers. Mm-hmm. And the villain in that one, I think, is the kid, the, the teenager kid, the one that tries to run the other guy off the, the road with the bike. That's right. Uh, we did get a look at a cool game uh, that both of us are really intrigued with because of what it is. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. That's right. And this, this is a movie that my dad was a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And... They got the actual license, like they they have the actors' likenesses. Yeah, and uh, they they even said it's a cross between Mysterium and Mastermind, yeah. where you have basically a dungeon master who's behind a shade, and mm-hmm. he's trying to lead it. If there's a murder, then he's playing against the players. But if there's not a murder, it's full co op, right? And so he's putting setting things up like in Mysterium, where you're setting up the field and trying to clue into people, and then the players have to guess what's going on, who the murder is it was and ithri is saying i get they're the movie ip board game guys but literally who asked for this honestly i looked at the game it doesn't look bad i think what they're trying to go for is that of course they have the stuff that they really want that they're that based on funko that they have to do right yeah because they have all these licenses right and it makes sense for them to do it but having access to all this they, they probably weren't ever asked for that but here's here's the thing they've done rocketeer Yep, I mean, yep. the Warriors do, doesn't immediately. Yeah, make the sense Warriors either. is 1977 or right. something like that. So why not keep going back? Yeah. eventually there'll be some silent films, which I bet which, thought would be pretty good. Honestly, I want someone to bring us for Ratu. Which, yeah, right? <laughs> but let's talk about the the movie IP that I'm most excited for from Funkoverse. The one that's on Kickstarter right now. 
No. Yeah, which one? No. Goofy oh, movie. Oh, that's right. I didn't put I that on here. I am so excited about Goofy movie. And they said that, you know, it's probably easy for like a seven-year-old to play. Yeah. Where you're you're all Max's friends trying to trying to race to, to get the best seats at a concert. It's a really simple game as how, as how it works. It, like he was describing it. It was like, it's kind of like a cross between Ticket to Ride and, and then he kind of stopped explaining it. So now I don't know what to expect with this game. <laughs> But we saw the die that came with it. Oh, and the dies look really gorgeous cool. Orange. The, the minis look really good too, and the I don't think it's going to be. Good. I think it's going to be their normal price point, about thirty to forty dollars, right. something but, like that. But one thing that they made it interesting is that they they made a series of games because it's Disney's fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. For the Disney parks, and so they did Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, and there's they did that a one. Couple others. That they did I uh, off the top like of some card games for Star Wars, but right. also there's like another like a different type of Disney theme on exactly, it as well. Exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of ones that they're really kind of playing into it. So yeah, people probably didn't ask for it, but at the same time, they people really know how it. to play off of I that mean, nostalgia. Honestly, nobody wanted a Pan Am game. They made that. So. Yeah, but I don't disagree. A three that is absolutely like who would ask for a rear window game, but. It's such an interesting, different movie that I think works. Yeah, and it's uh, I like the fact that they're bringing some of the older movies out, right. um, like Rear Window and stuff. Instead like that. of like all the same, like oh, yeah. it's another Marvel game or, or another, another Godfather, another, or another Godfather. Or, yeah, right. They're exactly. giving us something different, and which I like. Uh, but let's talk about something that isn't different. There's been a couple games on it. You can see them like in skirmishers and stuff like that. Yeah. On Kickstarter as of right now, which is the 22nd of March, just went today, just funded, and it's probably one of their most expensive games, but yes. I looked at some of the pieces, I looked, I didn't, they didn't go too much depth because it's a legacy game. Yeah. It is Jurassic Park, the legacy of Isla Nubar. That's right. And you're yeah. basically playing the game from the first movie all the way to what's going on. There's legacy aspects of it, so things are changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I backed it. It looks I'm, really good. I'm gonna have to. I didn't yeah. realize it was on today. Yeah, it went today. All right. Well, you go ahead and keep talking. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. <laughs> no, I'll it's, take it, it looks good. The pieces look great. The, they only showed four pieces, and it's like I guess the four starting pieces that you can see in the game. And I love their video that they showed during the presentation. They're like, "Well, it's gonna start with this, 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 and this one." But we also have, and they censored every everything. Single one. Like, yeah, that was, that like was saying hilarious. The worst profanity. Yeah. It was so hilarious. It was a good one. It it looks really good. It's big. It's uh, also it's because normally. Uh, Prospero Hall and Funko Games. That's they're right. about a thirty to forty dollar price range. This one is basically triple that, but they're also yep. giving you triple the amount of stuff in the games they normally do. So, right. and we've had other people vouch that that have played on the prototype yeah, yeah, yeah. itself, and they said that this is uh, even their the, favorite. Uh, one of the people there, um, I think his name was Adam. Yeah, he was even saying like. He's not even done with it, and he he doesn't want to finish it because he's enjoying the mess out of it. And I know right. it's probably his sell pitch as well, but from everybody who's played it, said no, this is really really good. That's right. And I honestly, there's only one Prospero Hall game that I haven't liked, and it's one of their earlier ones. So I'm thinking they're really hitting their stride. That's right, and especially now. Yeah. Now that they have all these licenses, it feels like it's just a great place for them. Mm-hmm. So that was Funkoverse. Or Funko, or Funko Games. <laughs> I, no, I did. Now, the one that we were planning on going to, unfortunately, got canceled after that. It was mm-hmm. the AEG one. Not sure why it didn't. But, so you and I split up. You ended up going to which one? I went to Renegade. You went to Renegade. So tell us about Renegade, and I'll tell about Luma. 
You go ahead with Luma first, because I have about three pages of notes. Okay. So, <laughs> Luma, it, it's a, it was a weird seminar. It was a very weird seminar, because... There was a riot, almost. There, there, was, there was some upset, um, because, once again, this is an industry-only event. Mm-hmm. So, really, the thing that you have to keep in mind is that it's retailers, publishers, distributors, stuff like that. People who are in there... Not just consumers. There's some designers and some media, but yeah, that's it. There's but, no, it's not open to public. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think you probably could get in there if you really tried. But the thing is, like, it's it's not intended for that. You're going to see a lot of logistics that just aren't that interesting yeah. for, for that. It, it's not like a whole, like, it's not like a Gen Con or an Origins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, Hardly any gaming. Luma, they they handled a lot of uh, imports from, from, uh you know, a lot of European smaller publishers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something that Asmodee would do, something that, um, you know. Something Asmodee is doing. Uh, is doing, right. But, like, there's a lot of distributors here in the United States that... Yeah. That or uh, Real Grande from, Games. Yeah, yeah. They used to br- import a lot of, over. And so the very first thing that they brought up, they're like, yeah, so they had... Luma Imports acquired um, another distribution company called Flat River Games. Which, if you're not in the industry, you probably have never heard of them. But long story short, um, they, most game stores don't like Flat River. Games. Most game stores don't like Flat River games because a lot of their distribution and a lot of their deals go almost exclusively through online stores or Amazon mainly, mm-hmm. and so they undercut uh, friendly local game stores quite a bit. And so this was this was something that they had to bring up. And the person who was in charge of Luma Imports did his best to explain this. And there was a representative from Flat River Games there mm-hmm. as well, as well as the head of um, Greater Than Games, who, who prints Sentinels of the Multiverse, yep. and a few other people like that that are also involved. And they were explaining how, how important this is because, you know, their main goal is to not is to have enough stock so that way you wouldn't have to allocate some to Amazon and then some to stores and then who gets priority and all that and making that difficult decision, their perspective was more like, um, like, no, we want to order enough so we don't have to allocate at all. Yeah. There should always be stock in. So if you want stock, you can get stock. And, and I felt like genuinely that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, Flat River Group, which they're also, by the way, distributing yellow games. Oh, okay. Which they did announce that they are that they are going to make a big announcement later in the year for um, the new distribution the, partnership for well for yellow and King of Tokyo announcements. And they're bringing back um, OP kits as well. So that's cool. But the thing is like, there was a lot of retailers at that presentation who did not realize this and have had, I guess been done dirty basically by flat river group. Yeah. Um, and them not being allocated stock or couldn't sell games for whatever reason. Mm hmm. And no matter how hard that there was, like, look, like, we just want to make sure that if you have stock, we <coughs> want to be able to get it. Mm-hmm. And one, one retailer, I, I forget her name, uh, she was really nice, but she even said, she was like, look, you, greater than games, I, I pre-ordered this stock over a year ago. I still haven't gotten it. Like, you're telling me that it's available? This is why. And when it was going up and going for discount on Amazon... Like, what can I, like, how should we feel? Like, that doesn't feel like you support us at all. Yeah. And and the owner of Great, Greater Than Games, I, you know, I saw him apologize later and, and they had that difficult discussion. But they're like, 
look, like we don't know what happened then, but now everything should be better. So who knows? Yeah, the, the, um, you know, the, honestly, like this. The is problem with that specifics. is that if you burn the bridge, you're 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 not going to get the support right. from the FLGSs. Right. Exactly. And that's where you're going to get your demos. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to get, you know, Amazon's great groups. for sales, but they're, they're, it's only for like the the really hardcore gamers if they they're they're sure. want to try something. But for FLGSs and you know trying right. to get people off the street. Your goal, FLGS, is, is the best thing to do right. because what you just mentioned, the demos. Yeah. Someone can teach you the game without you having to learn the rule book because there are some rule books that are not really good or very intimidating for people who sure. are off the street. Well, case in point, one game we both really like, Juicy Fruits. Yeah. And it is a, not a menacing rule book, but it's it's not easy. It's a it took price us, point. Yeah. It, it also took us longer to read the rule book than play the game. Right. And so it's just you need those demos. Yeah. And a do. lot of them are going to where, hey, just look online. You can do that. But it doesn't teach you as well. Right. So it's so just. The, long story short, from a retailer's perspective, that was a very uncomfortable <laughs> uh, panel. But I'm glad that they without they weren't allowed to give numbers like percentages or profit margins, which makes sense. That's fine. I get that. But when. Like when everybody kind of like rose up, they're like, we get that this is good for you as a company, as a publisher, but how is it good for us as a store? Yeah. And they couldn't give an answer for that. That was really, mm-hmm. that was really different. But who knows, since they're going to be distributing yellow, I know yellow is always popular in our stores. Yeah. But maybe it might not be anymore. We'll have yeah. To or if stores will not carry yellow anymore. So that could hurt them as a company too. Yeah, Exactly. Oh, and, and more specifically, Flat River Group does a lot of big box stores like Walmart. And, yeah, another thing too yeah. that uh, FLGSs have problems with because a lot of times going through the seminars, they they were asking questions: Are this going to target in Walmart first, or are we going right. to be able to get it right away, or do we have to wait? Because some some stores, if there's like, oh, well, you have six months exclusive rights to this at yeah. Target. Nah, what's the point of us yeah. even selling? Why are we having it? Because they've already been sold right to our local area. So exactly. Um, so I went to Renegade while you were there and yeah. watching that fun. Right. And I have to say one thing about Renegade is they're going all in onto their IPs. They have three major IPs. They're all basically the same thing, apparently. So you have the Power Rangers Power the Grid uh, uh, system that they're using. They are uh, they announced a new expansion <coughs> for it, uh, Light and Darkness, which is around May for stores to get. Uh, they also announced a villain pack number five called Terror Through Time, a as well as a Zordon dice, a Zordon dice tower. So it's actually mm-hmm. a dice tower uh, that people have been asking for, and it's Zordon because you know Power Rangers. You're probably not familiar too much with the IP, are you? Oh yeah, I loved Power Rangers. Oh. I I didn't watch past much of the of the yeah the, for series, the, the original I series. It. I didn't watch much past it, but yeah. So they're talking about all that. Um, the, the dice tower can be used both for the board game and the RPG because they're mm-hmm. going heavy in the RPGs as well. Um, it is unassembled and unpainted, so this way the people that want to paint it and stuff like that. And they showed a picture of it uh, with someone who painted it. It looked really good. Um, and so they announced it that they're also doing a G.I. Joe. It's called Mission Critical. That's also based on the power grid system or the power of the grid system, which means um, this one as well as the... Uh, Transformers, if it's got that, or the uh, My Little Pony, 
when yep. they get into that system, they're all interchangeable. So that makes you can, sense. You can use them anyways. So they did announce one for G.I. Joe. It's called Mission Critical. It's based on the Guardian system. That's what it mm -hmm. is that the Power Rangers use. Uh, let's see. Did they announce one for... Uh, I think there's one for the Transformers. I can't remember about that Guardian system. But they created these Guardian systems for their IPs. This way they can interchange them. Gotcha. Um, they also announced a deck building game for Power Rangers or an expansion for it, Omega Forever. Um, it's co competitive or teams, uh, PvP or teams. Um, some small box stuff, uh, gears. They've also announced a role-playing game, which I'll go more in when I get to the other stuff. They also announced a deck builder for G.I. Joe. They also announced the deck builder for Transformers. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the deck builder for GI Joe, uh, the deck builders are not interchangeable because they're different systems. The, the Power Rangers is a team versus team situation. GI Joe is a full co-op one to five players. They've also announced three expansions for that one. It's called Shadow, a Suspect, Cold Snap, and Snow. Those are the three expansions. Uh, Trans, uh, uh, Transformers is a co-op slash, uh, combat, uh, one. So depending on which, whatever one you're going to play. Uh, because they're announcing an expansion to play as the Decepticons called Rising uh, Rising Darkness. Um, there are standalones as well, so mm -hmm. um, you can get either or. Uh, My Little Pony is getting a co-op deck builder for, you know, our bronies out there and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, but all of that said, we'll get into the role-playing game. They announced role-playing games for each one of those IPs Wow, that are interchangeable. So if you want to bring your Transformer character over to Power Rangers, you can. That's so bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Like, can you imagine now, My Little Ponies versus, you know, The thing Power is, Rangers? they have crossed over in the comics. That's why Renegade's doing it, because uh, I think Transformers and My Little Pony have crossed over. That's and so G.I. Joe and Transformers are crossed over, too. So they're saying there's going to be like one to four RPGs for um, uh, one of four books or something like that for right. the uh, G.I. or not the G.I. Joe's, the Power Rangers. Um, it's about $55 MSRP. It's a hardcover in in full color. Yeah, and then Ithri brought up the idea that he was worried that My Little Pony tabletop RPG was for an interchangeable system, but at least the deck build is exciting. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the deck builder, there's a reason it's that popular. Yeah, know? and they're, it's interesting what they're doing uh, for like their yeah. IPs. And the Power Ranger Collector's Editions having the color-coded books. That's really cool. Yeah, so they have GM screens for each of the, of the four series for the yep. Power Rangers. They're also selling six different dice sets around $15 each because, you know, Power Ranger fans want to have <coughs> the specific color that they're going to use. So they're going to be right. like the blue, the black, the reds, all that. Uh, as well as dice bag. They're also giving character journals, which is basically a very extended character sheet. Yeah. It's about 40 uh, pages. This way you could do the complete um, development of your, your character. And it's it's... 40 pages, apparently. Uh, they're also doing hero miniature sets for all of their RPGs. Um, uh, create your own Joe for the G.I. Joes, Transformers as well, My Little Pony. And finally, after we do all of that stuff, all the things I announced for the Power Rangers is pretty much for all the RPGs. They're also doing their World of Darkness RPGs, the Hunter Reckoning, yep. which is going to be the fifth edition, which is their storyteller system. 
Um, they're going to get Vampire the Masquerade, which is going to be in the Storyteller system as well. And so, as well as the uh, Rivals, the expandable card game, they're going to add more expansions to it, and they're going to restart up organized play for that. So those who are into that sort of uh, that that system, you're more than happy to get more stuff for it. Cool. Uh, some actual board game news that they announced outside of IPs is that they are going to be distributing Crusaders Thy Will Be Done expansion as yep. well as they have the rights for it so they're going to be re-issuing uh, the, the expansions ma- oh not just the expansions, the base game yes the base game which is awesome because that game first off I thank you Renegade for picking that up yeah. because I absolutely love that game, it is awesome and it was from Tasty Minstrel which yeah. unfortunately is defunct now um, but I mean, any, like they picked up Trajan to, to print here in the country yeah. too, you know, so thank, thankfully they, they see a good quality board game when they're doing something that's not IP. Uh, as well as, um, the, the divine influence is back is what the expansion is going to be called. And it has four new building types. That's all I really can get the gist of. Yeah. Uh, they're re-releasing circadian first light. Uh, okay. they're changing it up. They're giving an art and icon update. <coughs> As well as there's going to be a, like a standalone expansion or an expansion for it called Chaos Order, where it adds asymmetry to the characters. That's cool. Um, there, of course, if you're in the Shim Phillips Kickstarter, they're going to be distributing Architects of the West Kingdom, the expansion, and all that stuff. Um, they're also going to reissue Recklin Run, which or reissue Recklin Run, which was the one that was just on. Um, Kickstarter, yep. the solo play. Uh-huh. Uh, there's also going to be an expansion for another one of their solo play games, Warp's Edge. Oh, that's cool. Uh, let's see. Crimes and Crapers, uh, Capers, uh, and the winner is dead. Co-op, four to six players, they announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced a standalone expansion for Fuse called Countdown. Fuse Countdown. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. They yeah. are going to be reprinting Dead Men Tells No Tells and the expansions. Uh, they are... Not going to expand uh, Search for Flanic X because the designer is like, this is as good as I think it should be. But they are going to announce a new game in that system. It's called cool. for Search for the Lost Species. So you're oh, basically trying to That's find cool. the lost species of a, a thing. It's got a new map, which is going to be intriguing. I didn't know about this. That's really cool. They're gonna, they announced a game called Birdwatcher. I saw that. Uh, I don't know too much about it. They're they really get it yeah, probably. And then uh, the hunger, a Richard Guardfield deck builder take on Clank, where you're basically racing, yeah. trying to get a flower and get as many points. And your deck become if you bog down your deck, you're not going to be able to get in place fast enough. Right. I remember a the... lot of the victory. This this intrigues me when I heard about it because the one of the big reasons I like Dominion as a mm-hmm. deck builder is you have to get your victory points, and they start clogging up your deck. Yeah. Eating villagers or whatever it clogs up your deck because you're not going to be able to move fast idea. enough. Yeah, I love and that. What's idea. intriguing about this too is that they announced an expansion for it already, and oh, it wow. just came out last year, end of last year, right? Which adds an event deck. Ooh, fun! Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. I own uh, the hunger. We haven't played it yet, but I, I want to get it to the table. We will. But that's pretty much everything <laughs> from Renegade Games. Yeah, Renegade man, talk about hitting the ground running, right? Yeah. Um. The next one I visited was Foam Brain uh, Games. And so, the, well, they don't really produce games. They produce game accessories, but they are pretty much the, they're not the highest quality. 
they're very high quality. I don't want to. I don't want to downplay them. I was supposed um, to go to Games Workshop, but their their one was about uh, just helping new stores. Zia is already an established store, right. so I decided to leave, go take care of some business elsewhere, and then come back yeah. and save us a seat for Robinsburger because right. that thing was packed. That's right. No, well, Foam Brain they announced a lot of really cool stuff. Um, they were talking about their hollow metal dice, yeah. which is completely hollow on the inside, they were and you cool. can see through it. Yeah, they look gorgeous. Um, they do a thing called resin inclusion dice, which is they have like little mini toys that <laughs> they actually include and put into the dice. So you have everything from like mushrooms and spiders to like country flags and hamburgers and french fries and just absolute absurd stuff. I've always wanted their uh, little rubber ducky dice. And those are <laughs> you awesome. Would. Of course, I would love that. Kind of what the hamburger one. The, the, the flag ones were cool too. The flag ones were really great. <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that they're doing that. Um, they're very pro LGBTQ plus like mm. all of that. So they'll have like pride flags. They have a lot of different dice sets that promote stuff like that. Um, they were known originally for their enamel pins. Now they're bringing out even more and they still do that. Um, they're doing a thing called uh, mystery loot, which are basically sets of polyhedral dice that you can buy and you're going to get a random one, which will also include like a metal die or depending on a letter, it might be a full metal set, which is pretty cool. And those are different price points as well. Um, their can, dice for all line is yeah. is the pride stuff I was telling you about. Uh, I just want to make a quick mention. You know, I was getting tired because my notes aren't as good as <laughs> right, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, they they now do custom, uh, you know, custom packaging, custom pins, all that stuff. But they one of the best things the the guy who owns it, he's one of the funniest people. I love the way he presents. Um, and he said that that he was like an. Like, every year, they always do something where, you know, the retailers go in there, they place their order for them, and, and then the retailers always get so upset because they announce something brand new at the show, and they had just placed their order. So, if you guys are picking that up, my dog's barking at something. My window's, like, right there, and so she's out there barking at the gate. Yeah. yeah so, no just sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, they said, they're like, we always feel bad because every year we, you know, all of our retailers will place a big, massive order, then we announce something brand new. And this is our second presentation. So sure enough, our last presentation, we did that. So we thought it wouldn't be fair for you guys to do it. So we're going to announce a brand new item that the last presentation didn't get to see. And <laughs> I love how they did that. They were like, well, you know, we, we messed them over. We might as well mess you over too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and then so they announced uh, Dice 51, which is their alien uh, spacecraft themed dice sets, of which are so cool shaped. Uh, they're all alien based. We saw uh, saw them at their <coughs> booth. What did we? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, they look yeah, cool. They are gorgeous. And then um, they are also going to do their Lost Tome of Monsters, which is another mystery loot one that's all themed based on different monsters. Or this is going to be Cthulian a long podcast. Lore. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Cthulian lore, um, and they're going to do a Kickstarter for that in April. So look out for that. Yeah, and so we went over to Robinsburger <coughs> next because we're gonna try to get through these because we still had a lot to go. I say we split this into two episodes. Let's we'll stop after after the premiere presentations. All right, sounds good. Um, and then I'll release them in the same week, so one will go up on Thursday and the other go on Friday. Something like that. Um, so Robinsburger, we went to that one as well. <laughs> and what's interesting about it, it was so popular. That they said they were going to move it to one room and ended up turning it into a different room. So yep. I got a uh, chair at both rooms, and so did uh, your boss. And what's funny is I had is, to sit uh, on the floor. He had to sit on the floor because he went to the proper room while I followed the crowd. Yeah, because <laughs> they said they're like, all right, everybody go to room six. 
No, it was a three uh, four and it something came, like that. Yeah. yeah, and I I ended up going to the one that they verbally said, which was the wrong room, and then he followed the crowd of everybody going into the room that they didn't say, yeah. which was going to be the correct room. That was shenanigans. But, yeah, you know it is what. It oh, is. but man, they had some really good stuff. Uh, let's get out the the Spider Man, ama- uh, Spidey, Amazing Friends. It's a Labyrinth Junior game. Yep. Um, I found it, which was it's like a almost a spot it type game. Yeah, it's like a long map and mm-hmm. it, or like a Where's Waldo thing. Yeah, or a spot it. Yeah. The the Disney one is a six foot version. Um, it's a travel version as well, mm-hmm. which is just basically the I Spot It Disney card game. Uh, they also have a Marvel one version of it, but that's going to be a two by two grid compared right. to the six foot long map. This one is going to have a dice tower apparently in it, as well as a mobile version, which is cool. Um, they also announced Funny Bunny. I don't remember yeah, too much. Yeah, I remember that. Funny Bunny. So it's it's all included in like one plastic board, mm-hmm. and the board <laughs> has different kinds of like contraptions built into it. Uh, yeah, yeah, where no, basically you know you roll a die. Um, you go to you go to a certain spot on on this tower that's building upward, and then eventually sometimes you have to twist the carrot, which triggers only certain traps on the thing. So like one might that's make right. them fall. Oh into yeah, the, it's like a it's kind of like a fireball island, island yeah. in a way, okay, but yeah, it yeah. looks like more kid based. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks silly, honestly. Like there's ones that'll like, yeah, kick yeah, you it's... off. There's ones that'll spit like fire at you. Yeah, or you knock, fall down a hole. Like you, you go fall to down place a hole. And it's just boom. Yep. Yeah, it it looks so silly. I I'm intrigued by it. Looks uh, great for kids. They also announced uh, for retail stores, the your friendly local game stores, uh, Horrified American Monsters is going to start hitting them. That's right. So the exclusive is no longer in place. But mind you, mm-hmm. Lexi B just won a copy of it. That's right. Uh, but, uh, as well as Disney Villainous Labyrinth, which is a, another version of Labyrinth. Right. Uh, which have you played Labyrinth? A long time ago. Long time it's ago. a roller yeah. move game, so no, it's not. It's, oh, no. Yeah, it, you, oh, it's, it's the, a puzzle. It's, it's the a puzzle one. Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they also announced Echoes, which is their yes. audio mystery game. Well, the newest one, yeah, the microchip. Microchip, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have the two other versions out there. Yeah, they have the dancer and the cocktail. I have played the dancer. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, I think it's and it's a great price point, and it's like ten dollars retail or something like that. Or maybe like up to twelve, but it has pretty good cards, and it's it doesn't have like QR QR codes on it, but the app is able to pick out the shape of whatever you're scanning and know what item it is, and it'll play you like a really well made audio version of it. It's super neat. Um, they also announced a Phil Walker Harding game that we already knew about, but right. we really want to play, and this is the Explorers. It's a That's flip right. and write game. Uh, interesting, intriguing about this one is that. It's kind of like Trails of Ducana meet other flipping right or like cartographers. You're basically exploring a new mm-hmm. world. You flip a, I think it's a tile, honestly, and you have to yeah. choose which um, the the player, the active player, has to choose which tile terrain that they want. Right. Say so it's so either it's, blue or brown. Right? Yeah. So water desert or, or water. Desert. So whatever one you choose, you can mark three blocks off because you're trying to meet to certain areas and stuff like that right. to get bonus points and mm-hmm. modifiers and stuff like that. However, every other player can choose the other one that you didn't do. So the water, they can choose three of, those. three of those. Or if they want to, they can take the same one you did, but they can only mark off two. Right. And I think that's kind of intriguing. Uh, we really need to get into it. I do have a copy of it, thank God. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm looking welcome. forward to it. Yep. Uh, we've also talked about that we uh, this is one of the games in running we're thinking about doing for a next giveaway. Right. Absolutely. Because uh, – 
we're Phil Walker Harding's fans. We might as well put, give away a Phil Walker Harding. That's game. right. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, this one's intriguing. You want to tell that one? Yeah, that was next on my list. It's a. It's kind of like a flip and write or a roll and write from Richard Garfield. It's mm-hmm. called Dungeons Dice and Danger. And what what's really but this has nothing to do with the gameplay. But the strangest part about it is that it's in like it's in an Alea small box, which used to have. Alea boxes used to have like a picture that would wrap around and look like a bookend. Yeah. And I remember that specifically. And this one has more of like uh, Trails or um, the new Castle of Burgundy, Castle Mm -hmm. of Tuscany, really pretty, like Carpe Diem, like one tone and stuff on it. But it's numbered one in the series. And I don't know why, because. I know that drove you insane. it, It stresses me out so bad. It's like, why is this numbered one? Because you've had other games in this bot in this like level number one of what? And it's like, funny because they, they even announced it as their next Alea game, and it's like <laughs> yeah, their next Alea number one next Alea. But and it very has very much has fantasy style art, you know, some non traditional. It's not the bleak Euro game that you're yeah used yeah. To. It's a it's a flip and write or roll and write. I can't remember exactly. And it's basically a dungeon crawl flip and write. It looks right. intriguing. Um, I do want to try it. I'm probably going to pick up a copy because I like flip and roll and write. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another one I want to get is uh, it used to be called Let's Get a Bus Route, but On Board, I think is what it's called. On Board, yep. From Yellow. Yeah. So my next on my list here is the bigger and better expansion for Disney yes. Villainous is finally going into retail stores. I do have to pick up a copy of it because one, for one thing, they included two of my favorite Pixar movie villains in here, and yep. they added your favorite Disney movie villain in yep. here. hands down. Yeah, uh, Mad Madam Mim. And the two I'm Sword talking about is Syndrome from The Incredibles. Yep. And uh, Lots of Bear from Toy Story 3. That's right. Yeah, so those are going to be great villains. If you've never played this game, that might be a great one to jump into. And it just made me think, because Lots of Bear is like a strawberry, because he was about like a strawberry yes. scent bear. And it just makes me giggle that his player piece is like a strawberry. Yeah, exactly, because he smells like a strawberry. Uh, they also announced Disney Gargoyles Awakening for the hobby release. Uh, yep. It was exclusive in Target. And this was a really long one, because if it's just going to the hobby... And they're saying around May. That's almost like a year exclusive right. because it came out in August to Target. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and take this one because. <laughs> yep. Go for it. Uh, another villainous. They've already announced it. Star Wars villainous. But it's interesting about this is it's an August release. It's, I think, a mix. So it's both going to big box as well as FLGSs. So if you want to support your FLGS, do that. Yeah. They they didn't really clearly say what's going to happen, but they were saying, like, yeah, it's going to go to you guys as well. That's right. Uh, and the uh, it's in this one, it's a mix of Disney and Marvel Fate decks. So you're going to have your own personal Fate decks as well as a uh, a mixed one like Marvel does because there's, like, a yeah. co-op thing. It's also announced vehicles for this game because, you know, X-Wings, TIE Fighters, they're very right. popular. That makes sense. Um, they're going to be both in the villain deck as well as the fate deck. So you have that. And it's, yeah, it says here, same time as Mass Market. That's awesome. And uh, T-Cheth, uh, forgive us the name, says best Disney villain is Kirby, <laughs> which is hilarious. I, I don't quite understand the that. But the vacuum from the Brave Little Toaster, oh, my God. That would be. I, is, is Brave Little Toaster Disney, though? No, I don't think it is. 
It might be Disney now because they own everything. They probably it probably is, but yeah, I forgot about the vacuum. That would be fantastic. And so before we end this part of the podcast, oh, vacuum is Kirby. Yeah, yeah, and to start up the next one, let's talk about the Asthma Day stuff. Okay, that's right. This is the big stuff. So Asthma Day talked about they had a big seminar right at the beginning of it. Um, They did their keynote. Some of the more important things that are worth noting. I'll give you the first one. Um, Skyrim the Adventure board game. Looks absolutely amazing. It's by uh, Asmodee and Modifius. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, it looks cool. It looks kind of like their Fallout game where one thing unlocks other sp- parts. Comes with six chapters. Yeah. it Two campaigns. Two campaigns. Yeah. So, I mean, if you like Skyrim, it's probably it. However, they did announce the price point, too. Oh. That's 140 which is not surprising. Uh, Descent was around that price, too. Right. So. Considering how big it is, I'm sure it makes sense. But still, yeah. holy cow. It's going to be hard. I mean, it's not going to be that hard for retail <laughs> stores to sell it. But it's also going to be hard for retail stores to sell it. Because right. it's got to be a good game. And the, the next thing uh, that I just feel like pointing out real quick is that um, we noticed that Hasmodee is also distributing some level 99 games. So... Real quick shout out if Ithri is still with us, maybe you can add some clarification. Um, yeah, I didn't know level ninety nine was sold to Asmodee, or they're just <laughs> distributed. I'm, I'm just kidding. I know they're not <laughs> sold to it, but yeah, that's well, interesting. Well, I had no idea about yeah. this. That's great. Uh, apparently, they're also distributing Canvas, so that was in, uh, intriguing to me right. as well. Uh, so, rest of the stuff they've already announced. Uh, did they do have the Duncan Rose Painting Academy line now? Uh, so that was intriguing. Uh-huh. They do uh, distributing for level ninety nine for so that's that's great news. Good clarification. Good. Uh, they've talked about Marvel X Men United as well as Sidekicks. Uh, drinks with my frenemies. That looks, looks awful. Like, yeah, honestly, it, I mean, it, there's nothing about that that I like about it. Uh, yeah, it's a drinking game uh, in an eighty style. Is what I oh no, drinking uh, quest old habits is the drinking game with mm-hmm. eighty style cross. It's like meh. Right. Uh, Millennial Manatees is another one that just. Oh God, are you are you guys going down the Hasbro line here? Well, I mean they they sell. Yeah, it makes sense if it's in a mass market store. Sure, why not? Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, looking at like the level ninety nine stuff There's here. 3D Catan. Right? Oh, the, the expansion. expansion. Yeah, they're doing the Seafarers expansion for the 3D Catan, which I think was three hundred dollars retail, and I was like, I was like, honestly, if I bought it. It wouldn't make any sense because I would never be able to expand it because I didn't. I thought that was going to be it. Nope, they're turns out I'm wrong. Yeah, they're doing it with the expansions too. Uh, they also announced some puzzles for Catan, mm-hmm. um, and including also the Lord of the Rings. The card game is getting a revised core set and campaign set, kind of like how they did with Arkham Horror. Right, which is good that they're finally doing that. Yeah. Um, then they then they announced Jabba's Palace, the love letter take on. I know you and I are jumping around a little bit. Mm-hmm. The love letter take on uh, Star Wars, you know, yep. it's, it's a new Star Wars. They explained it a little more thoroughly, and that looks really cool. Three D con, three uh, D Catan is the <coughs> landscape three D. Yes, yeah, the landscape is three D. It's not the full game itself. It's just more like like the mountains are actual like mm-hmm. miniatures painted, and they're really high quality from what I've seen. Um, there's a couple things also that I we you skipped over for me. Uh, they announced the next uh, campaign expansion for uh, Marvel Champions, which is yeah. the Sinister Motives. So you're pretty much getting the Sinister Six. Yep. Um, I didn't realize uh, you and your boss didn't realize X Wing's no longer Fantasy Flight. 
until yeah. I told you about it. Yeah, and it's Atomic different. Mass Games. They're announcing some stuff for it as mm-hmm. well. Uh, let's go there. You know, checks it, uh, checkers and chess, so the classic games, as well as exploding kittens, uh, the two-player version. There yeah. they announced. I want to talk about the the one that both of us yeah. were like, we never heard huh. of. It looked really interesting. They had a great video for it. It's a game called Yak, which we had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. But basically, you have like these four little carts. Um, each one has a yak, which is a big yak meeple, but they have horns sticking out, which is hilarious. Yeah. And you're loading it with different kinds of goods and you're moving them around, like buying and selling them. It looks almost like a cool Rondell kind of game. Um, but then right at the very end of the video, do you remember what they did? Yeah. Yeah. They, they made it the most epic thing. And then it's like, and yeah, coming with, and it was like this big, like Hollywood cinematic thing. And it was like baby yak, and it was a little tiny yak that. And like, it's the first player token. It's the first player token. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so cute. It looks really cool. Looks I don't like, know anything like about cool the game. game too. Yeah. Um, Great components too. On as well as uh, they announced some new unlock expansions that right. were intriguing. I'll say the first one. I'll let you have the good one. Um, they uh, announced Legendary Adventures too, so you're gonna get more Sherlock uh, Holmes and stuff right. like that in there. But the one that we both were like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's also, they're doing an Unlock Kids, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, doing Unlock Kids. So a kid's version of Unlock that is app independent. It doesn't yeah, need the app Yeah, you don't need the app. But the one that you and I got really excited about, which really we shouldn't be. We're but they're doing um, the games system for Unlock, which they picked three games in their line, um, which was Ticket to Ride. Pandemic and Mysterium. Honestly, and Pandemic it, and Mysterium makes sense. And if you think about Ticket to Ride, it's Murder sure. on the Orient Express. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so they're going to have three unlock experiences for those three games. That's pretty epic. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, <coughs> it's really meta if you think about it. We're going to make a game under Asmodee line yes. by Space Cowboys. Yeah. About three other games that are in the Asmodee line. Under what, three different publishers. publishers. So yep. you got Ticket to Ride, which is Days of Wonder. Pandemic yep. is Z-Man. Z-Man. And Mysterium is... Uh, something else. Uh, Libelude. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's quite intriguing, but I, I'm really looking yeah. forward to those. Maybe maybe you'll uh, try to experience the murder of Mysterium instead of being the ghost. Right. That would be <laughs> super fun, wouldn't it? Um, uh, they ha- actually announced a very big party game in the UK, like a spelling game or something like that, uh, called Bezer Wezer. They're bringing it over to America. Yeah, see, the thing is, it's been in America before. Has it? Yes. I used to own a copy of Bezer Wizard. It used to sell in mass market stores. It's basically, it's just another trivia game, in my opinion. It's just another trivia game, but they have, like, 20-something different mm-hmm. criteria. So, like, you might play, like, um... Uh, trivial pursuit and go okay well movies like i might do music or like or history or whatever yeah. and they have six categories where this is just like a 20 category version so it's it's kind of the same thing except you can focus more on more niche stuff but other than that i don't see it like being that big yeah uh, i'll let you take the big one because you both and both you and i looked at this game is it this it one is... yep okay so the new azul oh my god yeah, that alone, I'm stoked for it. I don't know much about it. I don't want to know. I don't care because I'm going to buy it. And yeah, I know it looks it's good, good too, though. Because I know it's hexagonal tiles and the the coasters that they would normally be on, mm-hmm. you're actually drafting those as well. Yeah. So that's part of the gameplay. 
you're you're making your board as well as getting the tiles needed for your board. Yeah, exactly. I it can't even really begin to explain how excited I am for that. Um, I have Namiho. I don't remember that one at all. I, I don't remember it down. Yeah. Uh, you have another good one, so why don't you tell yeah, me? Yeah, Quacks and Co. It's the kids' version of Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is very intriguing to me because, you know, I don't consider Quacks of Quedlinburg to be a difficult game anyway. But, you know, I guess you have to keep up with live math. Um, I'm curious to see what Quacks and Co. does differently to the formula. <laughs> Get it? Or, you know, anything else that they, they do specifically for a kids-friendly version. Uh, maybe it's just simpler stuff. Maybe it's, you know... You, there's no numbers on it, whatever. Uh, maybe they have easier abilities. I just don't know. I'm speculating a lot, but it does look cool, and I quite like Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah, it looks intriguing, especially for like a, a good game for kids. So I'm intrigued by it. Uh, so honestly, uh, it was a good uh, premiere presentations, but <laughs> this right. one has gone a long time. So right. let's finish up our gamma. Recap in a little bit. So this will be the end of the first half. Mm -hmm. This is all the way through Tuesday. Um, tune into our next episode, which we'll talk about Wednesday and Thursday at the Gamma Trade Show. As well as, uh, just want to remind you that I, I like I said, I'm gonna release these both in the same week. This way, we don't mess with our our schedule. Yeah, that's fine by me. So we want to thank you so much. Um, if you ever want to contact us directly, you can uh, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail .com. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you want to join us on a live episode while we're filming, uh, you can join us like our friends I3 and everybody else who joined us in today. Uh, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. You can also get in contact with us at our official Twitter account at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.